So far, we've recorded well over 200 episodes of this show, and yet, there's a topic we haven't covered that's a little weird to not have covered yet. We're talking about space, the final frontier. That's right, this week, it's Star Trek. Hello there, Mike. Hi! Hi, Joseph. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello to our listeners. Yes. Welcome to the show. Yes, this... and this is one of only two podcasts, and it's called How Star mm-hmm. Wars Is It? That's right. And there's this podcast, and then there's our Patreon, and those are the only two those podcasts. Only two. And this is the show where we rate anything, and eventually, on a long enough timeline, everything, yeah. on a scale of 1 to 10. Not of how good or bad it is, Mm-mm. but of how Star Wars it is. That's right. So what does that mean? Well, it means Star Wars movies tend to get higher scores than like yeah. breakfast. You get yeah. it. <laughs> you get the you get the concept. We we're comparing things to Star Wars, everybody. You're welcome to the show. You know what it is. Yeah. And this week we've got a special guest. That's right. Um in in honor of it, there's there's a local show here in the Chicago improv scene called Hitch Cocktails, which we'll talk more about throughout the episode more than likely. But we are going to partner with them this first couple weeks of May to really push their big blowout 10th anniversary gala weekend of shows. And joining us here from Hitch Cocktails today is none other than Jessica Landis. Hello. Whoa. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on this Zoom. <laughs> yes, welcome to the Zoom. Isn't it great to be on Zoom again? Listeners, yeah. you may not know this, but we do the show on Zoom. <laughs> it's true. A little behind the scenes action. For yeah, you. yeah. There was a very short amount of time for maybe like three months <laughs> that we recorded the podcast in person. And we were practically kissing. Yeah, we, <laughs> we were like were right, in my room. Right in front of each other <sighs> on a TV and then we tray. Actually, we actually got on to the remote recording before the pandemic. That's right. Because I was working in, in another city. And so um, we kept the podcast going over. Did we use, did we use Zoom back we there? We used Skype. Skype? Yeah. We used Skype wow. of all things. Yeah. Can you, do you guys remember Skype? <laughs> oh my gosh. Was this the mid 90s? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. was in 1995. Yep. We've been doing the podcast for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that you had to go remote because you moved because my original guess was going to be that you did accidentally kiss and then you were yeah. like, we got to get into two we're separate not, rooms. <laughs> we're not we doing were, this anymore. <laughs> we were too embarrassed and yeah. we were also like, we both have significant others. We can't keep doing this. Right. Yes. We but we weren't too closet. embarrassed that yeah. we had a podcast. <laughs> yeah. We were not embarrassed about that. Even though maybe we should have been. Time yeah. will tell. Well, it's been going pretty well. Yeah. It's great, and we have wonderful guests like yourself. So, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, and we're talking. You floated this topic this week. I could not believe. I looked back through your whole catalog, honestly, a couple of times, and I was like, I'm missing it somewhere. <laughs> Surely this was the first episode. 
Yeah. It's yeah. such a slam dunk. Right. <laughs> but no, never. No. Not even any version of this has been discussed. We, we've no. spent too much time just dicking around with <laughs> concepts that don't make any sense. Yeah. Well, concepts that don't make any sense is the Star Trek bread and butter. So totally. That's you're well so equipped. true. Star Trek's whole thing is like, what about concepts? What about ideas? Yeah. Whereas like, start, starting right out the gate... There is, I mean, that's like one of the classic like nerd questions mm -hmm. is like Star Wars or Star Trek. Like, which mm -hmm. one do you like? What's, what's your family? Are you a Star Trek family or a Star Wars family? Right. Yeah. So I think we should go around the horn mm -hmm. and and say Star Wars or Star Trek. Right. Which one it was your, did you like, like growing up and stuff? Yes. I mean, I can start because I think yeah. you can probably guess based on my uh choice of topic i am definitely a star trek family in fact this will be a, a sneak preview for just you guys because it's visual and won't like go through the audio but i'll describe <laughs> what we're looking at right up here is my signed kate mulgrew <gasps> poster yes. Wow. yes yes that i have and then on this wall is my print of the uh voyager gold disc oh, and everything cool. that's on the voyager disc which is not technically star trek but it's very star trek like Yes, That's, it's in the spirit of Star Trek. If you're sure. a we... Carl Sagan nerd, you probably like Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, is that the one that was like sent out into space to like document humankind? Yeah, and it yeah. has um, the heartbeats of people who are in love, and it has people saying hello in all these languages. It's a beautiful moment in time when human humanity was hopeful and yeah. utopia seemed possible. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. When did that go out? Was it around the same time as Star Trek? It was a well that's a great question because what is the time of star trek mm, that's true uh, depending on what time yeah uh it was in voyager, 1977 that the voyager spacecraft went out i was gonna say 76 or 77 and yeah. star trek i think originally was the original series was in the 60s mm -hmm. yes correct yeah i love uh, hitchcock tells we talk a lot about period uh fashions and styles and i love stuff from the 60s so it's natural that i would bring this to your podcast <laughs> yeah excellent so you're a star trek family now here's the other question what series uh -huh. did you was like your did you cut your teeth on so my all-time favorite series is next generation that's like yeah what i yeah, grew yeah, up yeah. on that's the classic for me but um all the series have different places in my heart of course everybody has their different rankings that they like but next generation yeah. for me is always going to be my number one Picard's going to be my number one captain. Yeah. But I'm a pretty casual Trek fan in the world of Trek fans. Sure. So um, I'm not going to be one of those people trying to catch you guys on technicalities, which is good. <laughs> That's how I feel about Star Wars. Like to most people, I'm like an expert, but to like the Star Wars fan community, I wouldn't ever... <laughs> I wouldn't ever suggest that I know anything. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you would not attend the meetings. But... <laughs> right. Yeah. You, yeah. Could. you could. You could. You, you wouldn't. Could. Yeah. I wouldn't be at the meetings going, huh? But I would be there going, hmm, wow, these guys know a lot more than I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very quietly take some notes. Which I suppose yeah. is showing my hand to answer your question, Josiah. I am a Star Wars boy. But um, my dad watched Next Generation all during when it was on. I suppose when when was its kind of window? Next Generation was late '80s through mid '90s. Got yeah. it. Okay. 
So I I do very vaguely remember seeing uh or even maybe not even a whole movie but clips of one of the next generation era movies. Mm-hmm. Did did was the Borg featured in a movie? They yes. were. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So I definitely saw at least some of that with my dad as a small child because it would have been when it was, you know, out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um basically he's just explaining to me everything that's going on the whole time. So like it's it's so so like a thin memory in the back of my brain, but um I did have like a bit of next generation just sort of osmosis. Like I knew who Data was. I I obviously yeah. know who Picard is um just through like culture um and Jordy um the cool visor. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. But Made out of uh, your clip yeah (laughs) is it really one of those banana clips that is awesome that's so great um but that's very star wars if we're talking about star wars yeah totally well i think this is a a one piece i had brought to advocate for star trek being pretty star Uh warsy is the idea of just finding household objects spray painting them a different color and being like this is a robot thing it's not a trash can yeah Yeah, totally like in this is a robot now the, yeah. In in the original trilogy, of course, they do a lot of that kind of creative kit bashing. But in um in the Phantom Menace, Anakin has like toys in his room that I had. Like yeah. they were like you know the like scoop ball game. Oh yeah, it yes. was just like ours was purple, but they spray painted it silver and it's like hung on a window and they didn't do anything else to <laughs> it. I remember always being like, the hell? Yeah, how's um, that allowed? But it's a what futuristic I say, universe yeah. made of DIY <laughs> punk aesthetic. Totally, yes. totally. What I will say about um, Star Trek is your list you provided of good episodes to watch or episodes that oh, you yeah, really so like cool. and they kind of spanned a lot of the series. I watched all of them. I think there might have been one that I didn't by the time I got down. And after a while, I was like... Dude, the next generation rips. And so I yeah. just started watching Next Generation. I'm like five episodes in now. And uh tonight before my wife left, she's she's in a class tonight. Uh I was like, "Hey, you know how I'm already like annoying?" And she, of course, without missing a beat goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Well, um I said, "So, I'm really sorry to say, but I think I'm about to be more annoying cuz I think I might really like Star Trek." <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yes. It's so good. You can tell it was shot with cameras in a space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I do sort of miss. It's it's got kind of Power Rangers energy. Season, Absolutely. Season, Absolutely. Next, Next Generation also is like one of those great shows that just gets better and better like with every season. Like the first season is a little stilted in my opinion, but then like as you move on and they really start settling into the characters, you're like, oh, this is just great. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a really great cast. It's great acting, like great characters. It's one of those shows where like, I mean, it's not a procedural. I'm not sure. It's not, and it's not necessarily monster of the week, but it's kind of monster of the week esque, right? Yeah. And that it's like situation of the week, it's right? Like philosophy of the week. <laughs> yes, exactly. And there's like there's overarching plot, but but sometimes, no. but most of the time, it's like 
Here's yeah, philosophy. Here's a random quandary that we're gonna give to Picard, <laughs> yeah. and he has to figure out like if humanity deserves, you know, happiness or not. And right. then we're gonna discuss it again next week. Exactly, because that's the classic science fiction methodology: is take two ideas, smash them together in the story, and see which one comes out on top. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, based on the lineage of Star Trek, which most people know about that came from a science fiction author and it was his sort of idea. He was very involved in the television series um, at first. So it makes sense that it would have that much more philosophical viewpoint. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah you know, which, which I, I don't think star Wars doesn't have, but it certainly doesn't exhibit it quite nearly as um, on its well, because sleeve. Star Wars is more of a Western lineage. Yeah, yeah yes. totally. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, sci- like, as far as science fiction goes, Star Trek is solidly science fiction. Right. Like, there's no doubting the, the sci-fi, like, bona fides of, of Star Trek. Like, you look at it, you watch it, you're like, this is science fiction through and through. Whereas Star Wars is Westerns, Star Wars is fantasy, Star Wars is samurai movies, Star Wars is science right. fiction, Buck Rogers as well, like, that kind of thing. Nowadays, Star Wars is Star Wars... Yeah, Star Wars like is it's a Star copying Wars. Itself. <laughs> it's its own well, and am Lobos. I right that the only thing you've ever scored a perfect ten was a New Hope? It was Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because by yeah, then that. it congealed and it hadn't quite gotten yeah. It yeah. makes sense. It makes sense. I um, suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, so only my- other, the only other Star Trek thing I will say from my like prior to this week basically was I saw the first two of the JJ movies, which oh, sure. are by and large Star Wars movies. <laughs> yes. Totally. Yeah. They are Star Wars movies starring Star Trek characters. Completely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Not necessarily not necessarily in the same sort of like genre or like vein of Star Trek. Like they very much have their own aesthetic going on. Yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. like shiny. It's very shiny and lens flary and like not not very. If we were if we had a podcast called How Star Trek Is It, <laughs> I don't think those movies would score very high. They probably right. wouldn't. Yeah. And but I never actually, saw the third one. I only saw the first two as well, and yeah. I enjoyed them. I thought they were like fun, but I, I as a Star Trek fan myself, I was kind of like, this is not doing it for me all the way. Like uh-huh. it's missing. It's missing the philosophy. You know, nobody sat around a conference room and discussed things calmly. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh my God, truly, it's it's kind of wonderful though. Like I think that that is the thing that's like pulling me in is uh, like the coolest head prevails. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I love to hear you say say that because the thing I love about Star Trek is that it's just a group of people trying so hard to be a good team because they like believe in the team yeah and there's almost no conflict at all yeah Yeah. what i really like in a television program it is not a popular opinion (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 i mean it's like the the thing that we all kind of pretend is how the world works of the best idea no matter which side it comes from will take the day it's it's very optimistic. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the other thing about Star Trek versus Star Wars is Star Trek Star Trek is essentially a utopia. Star Trek is like what if humanity does it and creates essentially a utopia where scarcity is a thing of the past and capitalism is a thing of the past. Yeah. Like truly truly like all like they have created basically a classless like moneyless um 
scarcity list system mm -hmm. where everybody can thrive, everybody can work, everybody can like have their own like job and purpose. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, what if humanity does it? What if humanity yeah. gets to a utopian point? And then and then goes to the stars. And then that's where all the conflict comes in, is like these other civilizations that we run into, like like how will we um how will our philosophy versus their philosophy like yeah those two uh, ideas com combating each other like you said jess and star wars is star wars as it's pronounced um is more of a dystopia in in uh a really big way because like it's always something going wrong like the empire is like the despotic empire is very much like a dystopian right f like yeah. storyline Totally. And so Star Wars is like, what if things are bad and there's good people trying to make it make it better? And Star what Trek if is there like, were what if wars in the stars? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Star Trek is like, what if things are great? Yeah. What if things yeah. are just great? So that is one big philosophical divide between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Another piece that actually I'm hoping you guys can help me with, because I'm like, I'm also a casual Star Wars fan. You know, I've got sure. a Disney Plus. Yeah. I've yeah. Seen sure. The movies. My first date was actually to a Star Wars movie. Cool. Wow. Um, yeah, it was the re-release of, um, I think it was A New Hope. And uh, I brought a friend to my date. Uh, did <laughs> no! not tell the guy I was bringing a friend. <laughs> so this was in like the late 90s? Yeah. Like yeah. the, the special editions or whatever? Exactly, yep. How funny. Incredible. Yeah, and the guy asked <laughs> me out, got his little 16-year-old courage up. Uh, asked me to a date at the <laughs> local mall. Uh -huh. Yes. I show up with my friend <laughs> who you did not invite. Man. <laughs> and, you, and you guys are still together, right, to this day? Uh, this is going to shock you. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, now, did he end up with a friend? <laughs> I don't know. Joe from Hazelwood uh, Junior High, if you're listening to this, let me know what you're up to, man. Yeah. You're right there. <laughs> we want to know. Yeah. My friend and I would love to see you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll get a hold of again. Kate. She's got to be on Facebook. <laughs> got to be on Facebook somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that's that's amazing. Yeah, so we, we, uh, you were saying to help you out on Oh, yes. Something. For Star Wars, I don't understand what time it is in any Star Wars. Sure. What uh, Every Star Wars I've ever seen, I've had to be like, is Luke alive? Right. What's going on with Darth Vader right now? Yeah. Totally. I truly yeah. don't understand the timeline. So that, but it's, it's all in the past Star Wars. Yeah. Long, long time, time ago. ago. Far, far away. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek is all in the future. That is true. So they could yes. both exist in the same universe. Right. That's well, true. And with space time and how complicated relativity is, they might be just right next door to each other. Yeah. yeah. If we want to pull Doctor Who into this, we could really get it mixed up. <laughs> yeah. It could that, also be in the same universe. That's another one we're going to have to do at some point. My sister loves Doctor Who, oh, and I've seen a few, on. but I haven't, like, yes. I haven't like really dove in. Um, that's another one where, in fact, my first exposure to it was like, this looks like Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Some of the best things in the world look like Power Rangers, including Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Um, the the timeline thing is funny because I, the movies and everything is like very like back of my head, like uh, it's all it's all filed away. But the recent stuff that's been coming out, specifically, everything kind of has happened at the same time, like. Andor, the animated show The Bad Batch, and the season three of Mandalorian 
were all kind of right on top of each other. And, and I was... And Boba Fett was in there. Yeah, right. And yeah. I mm -hmm. also, being a Star Wars dork, was having a hard time with the timeline okay. because everything happens between stuff that already exists yeah. now. Like, okay. they, they keep trying to, like, fill glue into the cracks as opposed to, like, just starting a new idea. And mm -hmm. I think that that's sort of hurting Star Wars a little bit. <laughs> Okay, Whereas, so there's not like a perfect um, visual graphic or infographic that you could send me that will just tell me, ex explain everything? There, there probably is a okay. great one. <laughs> In fact, at Celebration this year, which just happened like last weekend, um, or, or two weeks ago at this point, they presented a timeline at the like Lucasfilm panel where they were talking about the future of the movies and the future of the TV shows. And this timeline had like little chunks, little like eras to them, each with like a cute name, like the Dawn of the Jedi, the Rise of the Empire, things like that. <clears throat> and they're announcing movies in like all of these chunks, um, oh. which, which uh, it, you, they probably have some version of that where you can see all the ones that are like already in existence and like where they all fall. But like, so many of them take place during Darth Vader's life. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, like, it's it's what? He, he, I can't remember. He was in his, like, mid-20s in Revenge of the Sith. And then, so he dies at, like, he's not even 50. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, there's, like, a 40-year span that six movies take place during. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it happens like, then. Yeah, yeah, like, let's let's expand. <laughs> so I, what's interesting is that an, both pre, Star Trek has done both prequels and in-between quills. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, and a lot of time travel. A lot of time travel, yes. Yeah. So really? Like, like like back to the future style time travel? Oh mm -hmm. almost exclusively back to the future style <laughs> yes. time travel. Where they're like, oh no, we did a goof. God yeah. the rails are gone. <laughs> yes, and there's one where they have to go and save the whales. It's in the movie. Mike, you have to see that movie. It's incredible. <laughs> Which one is that one? Oh, I think it's uh, oh, what's one? It's is a it? next um, generation one, cause um, I think I let me just look up Star Trek Whales. We did yeah. a goof, and now the whales oh, are gone. It's 1986, The Voyage Home, so it's actually Kirk yes. and Spock. So this okay. is right. It's the original series crew, but when they're kind of old, and yeah. it's so great, they have to like go back in time to save the whales. <laughs> it's really, it's a fun one. It's really great. I remember liking that one a lot, but like, um. Enterprise is a prequel. Discovery is like a prequel to um, the original series. Enterprise is like the prequel, the prequeliest prequel. Mm -hmm. um, and Enterprise then I think is just them running around going, huh, I wish there was some kind of prime directive to tell us what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. But there's not. <laughs> Too bad. I guess I have to figure it out on our own. Yeah. And then, like, they have like an actual chef on the, like, they, like I don't even think they have like, um, replicators all the way figured out yet in enterprise yeah. like it's there's like a lot of stuff we were an enterprise family because we were just a star trek family in general wow. and so like every, we watched pretty much every series growing up i watched mostly next generation but i remember watching voyager and deep space nine too and then when enterprise came out we watched it all like we watched the whole series and my family really enjoyed enterprise which like going back and re-watching enterprise i'm like okay it's it's hit or miss it's hit or miss but um 
uh, much like much like all Star Trek can be hit or miss, but but some are more hit or miss than others, and Enterprise is very hit or miss. But uh, I'm surprised there, to hear you say that because I've actually never seen an episode of Enterprise. That's the one that I haven't seen. It's and, not yeah. terrible. Yeah, it's uh, I it's weird because it's it's post nine eleven Star Trek, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that's a weird thing to say, like but immediately post nine eleven, like the early two yes. thousands, yeah, like two thousand one status. Got it. Mm-hmm. Like the and first that's season- right after Roddenberry had died, oh. so yeah. they don't have that like very strong um, editorial voice anymore. Yes, so it's like it's like um, uh, the first season came out. And then 9-11 happens and then like the sh- entire culture shifts and right. people are like, we don't know if we like Star Trek anymore. Maybe <sighs> it's too, you know, and so like, I we can't like remember if war it's- better. <laughs> yeah. And so I can't remember if they were going for like a darker tone and then needed to be lighter or if it was like sort of vice versa. But like essentially like the culture just shifted around them and people didn't like Star Trek anymore. And then there wasn't any Star Trek for like a solid like 10 years. Yeah. Like so, Enterprise flopped so hard that there just wasn't Star Trek for a while. Yeah. What and what? Voyager wasn't a big hit either. So no, yeah, true. So what are the overlaps of when? Like I, I presume it was sort of Real Housewives esque, where multiple seasons or series were going on at the same time. Did they cross yeah. over with one another timeline wise? Uh, Did my, Kate Mulgrew so- <laughs> ever meet Data? <laughs> I don't think she ever met Data, but I am so excited for your journey, Mike, at the end <laughs> of Next Generation when they start the heavy and thorough handoff to Deep Space Nine. Got yeah. it. There are many crossover episodes. <laughs> I see. There are cast members in Next Generation who become cast members of Deep I, Space Nine. I clocked that in some of the ones that you sent. The guy who yeah. wears yellow with the short curly hair. Steve O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest engineer in all of Star Trek. There you go. Yes. Yeah. One of the greats. Yeah. I don't know. Jordy's pretty great too. It's hard to tell. Jordy's pretty great. Yeah. It's that's my favorite thing. One of my favorite things about Star Trek is that like in every series, the crew is like the best in the universe at what they do. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, if we did pit them all against each other, who would win? Because truly each one is like, this is the best chief engineer in the entire armada. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay, are you sure? Like there's a lot of chief engineers. A lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> There's been a lot of really good ones. But so yeah. so they hand the baton from Next Generation to Deep Space Nine, but are they are they on concurrently during they the are. handoff? Okay. There was at least one or two seasons where both were currently airing. I see. Yeah. And then the same thing happened with Deep Space Nine and Voyager where they were airing at the same time, but they weren't really I don't think they crossed over very much because Voyager's whole thing was that they were like lost yeah. in space. They oh. were in a whole other quadrant that you couldn't get to. Because of like, I think a rogue wormhole is the premise yeah. in the first episode. So their whole deal is that they are like lost in space, trying to get home, kind of thing. Whereas Deep Space Nine took space took place on a space station, yes. And so it had sort of a different vibe to it than like Next Generation because they weren't like going somewhere. It was like right. people are coming here, and so we're seeing the interconnected lives of people who are coming here as opposed to like having a new society every. And week it's that the one with like the guy who up. turns into water. Um, yes. Yeah, Odo, <laughs> Rene Abergenois, absolutely. That, I really like that. I, man, I'm going to become a full-on Star Trek person, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they are so inventive with what is clearly a shoestring budget. Like, yeah. uh, 
Where I mean, Star Wars is too. That's that's one of the things that George Lucas does get as a feather in his cap is like world building. Mm-hmm. Explaining what he means by anything is he's not quite as good at. It. Yeah, but no. he can come up with a crazy creature. But yeah. boy, I really like how <laughs> everyone in Star Trek is either a human. A human with makeup or a human with a lot of makeup? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Do yeah. they have a weird nose, weird ears, or both? Yeah. Or both. Yeah. yeah. My, my grandma, it was so funny because she liked Star Trek but didn't like Star Wars because in Star Wars the aliens look too alien. Uh-huh. And, like, for some reason that was, that was distasteful to her. She was like, Star Trek, they look like people, and that's good. But in Star Wars, they look too freaky. Really Wow, familiar. how anthropocentric yeah. of her. I know. I'm like, Granny. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like i think i think the other thing that star trek does that star wars doesn't do is star trek like we, we mentioned it kind of in passing but like there's philosophy and there's like try like pushing the boundaries of of television in a way of like trying to talk about issues and addressing mm. issues you know and, and even like stuff like having yeah. a, a a woman captain with like captain janeway in voyager and having a black yeah. uh like captain in in deep space 9 and stuff like that like um and having the first like uh 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 i want to say it was like let me look it up real fast i believe it was let's see star trek Widely regarded as one of the first interracial kisses was between Captain Kirk and Lieutenant Uhura yeah, yes. on Star Trek, well, yeah. which like, well, and you guys probably know the Uhura story that she felt like she was uh, the actress felt like she was underutilized in the show, yeah. which she was, and wanted to quit. Was like, I'm an actress. I want to have meteor roles. I want you know, as you know, as artists, you want to be challenged and continue to grow. And she was, you know, anecdotally approached by uh martin luther king and he said hey please don't like we need your representation on tv young black women need to see you in space in the future being respected being on the same bridge crew as all these other Mm -hmm. guys Mm -hmm. and then she stayed on the show and hopefully got paid fingers crossed that's awesome yeah yeah hey speaking of first thing on screen I just thought of this because of uh, the episode we'll probably be recording soon in the next week. First ever toilet flush on screen is in Psycho by Alfred uh. Hitchcock. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow, Mike uh-huh. coming in hard. I got a lot of toilet, toilet facts. You're not a Hitchcock fan. You're a big toilet on screen fan. Yeah. Now was that was that? I guess we'll discuss it further next week. But that was probably like a a coding thing, right? Because it was like considered. Yeah. Before, like it was. Because uh, wasn't Psycho in the fifties or early sixties? Uh, yeah, um, it would have been. Yeah. Um, I will. I'll do some exciting googling. Okay. Nineteen sixty. Yeah. So you nailed the <laughs> timeline. Not a lot of toilet flushing in yeah. Star Trek. Uh, well, you know, canonically in Star Trek, uh, they don't go to the bathroom because the transporters transport the poop out of their bodies. No oh. way. So, so. Yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure that, look, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that that's something I read in a fandom wiki. And, and they use them frequently enough that that's doing the job. <laughs> yeah. They just got them like low level running all the time. So anytime you see a Star Trek where they're, uh, you know, they're in an emergency situation. They've got to turn off all uh-huh. auxiliary power or whatever the fake thing is. 
send all the power to shields. That means all of a sudden somebody's probably pooping their <laughs> pants somewhere on the ship. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. That is great. I, I love guess if that. You, if you have transported technology, you might as well use it. Do we know canonically in Star Wars what the toilet situation is? Because they have a lot of heavy robes, and that seems like it they, would make it we hard. We talked about this before, I, I think. I do have some answers. <laughs> yeah. One is great. they call bathrooms the refresher, which is like, everything needs a word you it's know all, everything has to have a mm-hmm. cute name yeah which is kind of annoying yeah. especially when like uh i'm trying to oh like in in this recent season of the mandalorian someone used the expression like that's the pot calling the kettle black but they used like two star warsy things like that's the nif clom calling the scrumbly slimy or whatever it's like shut up yeah <laughs> <laughs> just use the phrase they have the refresher um and then i think there is a story m- maybe now i'm conflating this with a is this real or is this fake game that we've played on the show before but um i think there is a story about cloud city in the empire strikes back of like a bathroom having like all sorts of different shapes and sizes of toilets for all the different like alien species am i making that up no, I think you're right because I think that's in a in a from a certain point of view. Yeah, and if it's not, Michael Delaney made it up and convinced us that it was real. <laughs> Let's see. Well, then it's canonically real within this, the world of yeah. this podcast. <laughs> but yeah. so um, we this this tends to happen on this show when we have a topic that is so far removed from Star Wars, like pizza. We tend to mm-hmm. really go after things that make them similar. And 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 when mm-hmm. something is quite similar, we try to like nitpick out the like you know get a wedge in there. Uh, but I I do think it is worthwhile to explore things that do make Star Trek and Star Wars similar. Well, yeah. I'm so glad you say that because I have a list. Great, great, let's hit it up. <laughs> this is perfect because um, we can we can do a, a, a go over this list and then we'll take a break and go straight to the game, which mm-hmm. is related to the real or fake thing that you just mentioned right (laughs) how exciting um okay first on my list they're both a space opera that's the gimme there we go yeah easy um they're they both have and this varies from series and to series and episode to episode but they both have a slower pacing overall Mm. than some other media they're not a born movie they're not a fast and the furious Uh uh-huh they are here to tell a story. They're building character, and they're taking the time to do that. Man, are you a Bourne fan? I like a good action sequence. I we were just talking about the Bourne movies yesterday. We recorded an episode yesterday too, and yeah. I love the Bourne movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, who doesn't Bourne want to see a car drive downstairs? <laughs> right. You know, totally. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> um, Easter eggs. Yeah, both of them have such a huge corpus of canonical stuff that they can just throw in like oh there's a jizz band there's like this weird character who this character actor who's played more characters on any star trek show than anybody else ever possibly could okay again Uh um playing another wackadoo guy that's great so um easter eggs is a big piece which if as you become more of a fan of star trek mike you'll start to recognize more of these um and I imagine um, the that extends into the fandom of people love being able to tell you that that music is called jizz, or they love being able totally. like the, the um actuallys. 
Yeah, you can tell that I am a straight woman because I know what a jizz band is. Because <laughs> a guy has loved to tell me about it at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, you guys talked about this, I think, in the episode with CJ when you talked about Columbo, um, the view of the future, but from decades ago, from the mm-hmm. 70s, uh-huh. like what the 70s thought the future would look like yes. and space travel would look like is still pervasive in both of these canonical right yeah totally because that was the outset the aesthetic was built in the 60s and in the case of star wars the 70s and then they were like okay this is the aesthetic (laughs) yeah this is what we have to use that's a really good point all the computers have visible and unmoving buttons because that's what they had in the 60s and 70s yeah totally click 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 um, another thing I was thinking about, because I've been watching The Mandalorian, is the idea of tropical plants from Earth as a stand-in for exotic new world. Mm. So in Star Trek, uh, a lot of the Star Treks, they will have orchids, they will have bromeliads, and these were kind of hard to find um, in mainland US sure. at the time. So people were like, oh, what's that crazy plant they got? And in Star Wars, they love to go to a, pl- a place with palm trees. They love to go. Yeah, yeah. totally. You know? Yeah. One biome places. Yes, the monobiome. Yes. <laughs> the whole world is like this. Yeah. The whole yeah. world has these weird owls. Yeah. Yes. The entire city is one, or the entire planet is one big city. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and that's another piece is the, the entire planet is one thing. Yes. Because in Star Trek, you have to be all one thing to be a part of the Federation. You yeah. can't have nation states. Oh, Your yes. whole planet joins or nobody joins. Got mm-hmm. it. So that's a big piece. And then Star Wars, um, they just kind of are like, they're like, yeah, the planet's really small. So everybody lives in this one city. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so I just today, in fact, had an episode kind of running in the background while I was working. Um they were talking so so next generation takes place in i want to say the 24th century mm-hmm. i think so yeah 20 it's it's i think 24th century which is 2500 yeah right. right um yeah and and someone said like something to the effect of an obscure dead human language known as french uh-huh. Yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> and and they uh and I, I can tell there's something it's going somewhere because anytime like France or French is brought up, Picard kind of has a like middle distance stare. And yeah. and obviously his first name is French. So I'm Jean-Luc. I'm very excited to see where the France of it all is headed. But oh, it's interesting to hear that like French? nation states yeah. are gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Jean-Luc Picard, you'll see this later in the show, famously French. Yes. His family lives in France currently <laughs> and is like, they're like a joke of what a 1950s Frenchman would be. Like they live on a vineyard. Yes. They, his brother, who he grew up with, has a very thick, heavy French accent. <laughs> and they grew up together. And then Jean-Luc is like, hello, it's me. Jean-Luc Picard, yeah. famously French captain. Received, so received pronunciation British accent. Yeah, yeah. Jean-Luc Picard. to speak like this in Starfleet Academy. Yes, Man, totally. He, he really is astonishing. I, oh, I yeah, like, can't Stewart. take my eyes off it. So in, I, it's either the third or fourth episode of season one of Next Generation in my like beginning here. There's like a virus that makes everybody drunk, basically, and it's like zombie mm-hmm. status where if you touch someone, they get it or whatever. And 
once Picard is like infected, he is like everyone's kind of doing that like bad drunk acting thing, and it's sort of mixed with like horniness. Yeah. But Picard is just like 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 <laughs> silly and like and uh, from what i know of patrick stewart he's i mean he seems like really fun and cool but like he always plays such sort of like serious and shakespearean roles and seeing him be like goofball i was like what is this show yeah it's so <laughs> wacky that they this, really let him have some fun on that show i'm sure yeah. like they and they let him Oh, go ahead. They let him do Shakespeare so often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and that's, that's, it, it was genius casting someone with Shakespearean um, yeah. experience. So the, the thing that you mentioned about, like, they're both space operas, of course, obviously, that is correct. The thing that I think Star Trek uh, has going for it that Star Wars didn't until recently, and even now they're not doing a great job with it, is the the like drawn out television timeline you know like 25 episodes a season you get to know everybody and their inner lives whereas like the opera-ness of star wars is such a like broad brush especially like the prequels you know like here's here's like a really cool idea i don't really want to write dialogue so like it's like a diner okay and then here's another really cool idea they're like bugs that make droids I, that's all i really cared about you know like yeah Lucas yeah, seemed to kind of have set pieces yes right yeah um and and i think because star wars comes from films they are trying to make and in fact it's kind of the premise of the show when we when we first saw like the the disney era movies and we're talking about like, I don't know if that's really feels like Star Wars. That became like, wait, this has legs. Like, what does feel like Star Wars? But like, the TV shows are trying to be Star Wars movies sometimes. Whereas, you yeah. know, like I think Andor was expertly crafted as a television series, but like The Mandalorian seems to not know the like level of minutia or grandiosity it, it 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 seems like like some episodes are really small and like kind of intimate and then others are just like big battle and and i i don't know that it's like quite dialed in the like television tone yeah it feels more like a limited series yeah right yeah totally well yeah. Do, you, do you have anything else on on your list before we jump into the game i have one other thing and it's a pretty big one okay now this is a controversial take but you might be familiar. There was, and I actually Googled this right before I came on because I vaguely remembered reading it in Rolling Stone in 2005, George Lucas was interviewed and he said that the true hero of star Wars is R2D2. <sighs> and um, I had remembered it as being like the star Wars is a story about a droid is right. about a robot. The heart of star Wars to me is always about a robot or about some kind of other non-human centered being right and i think every star trek has a data has an odo um has a tuvok if you're a, in voyager enterprise i'm not sure josiah did they have like a oh have, what is human feeling yeah to paul the vulcan right yeah they always have a vulcan right. like they, yeah. there's always someone commenting who's like, on humanity <laughs> yeah exactly commenting on humanity and being this outside looking in at humanity viewpoint and that, I think, is a really strong thread in both canons. 
totally. that is consistent across both canons. Yeah, sure. that's a really good one. And not really one. consistent in other things. Yeah, yeah. I totally yeah, see like that. Yeah, like C-3PO too, like mm-hmm. um, in, in Empire when he says some kind of whatever thing to Han and, and Leia says like, wipe that look off your face. <laughs> or wait, yeah. no, does she say that in The Force Awakens? I think she does. Yeah, I think so. But like, yeah, the the like, at some point, I I've heard a similar thing from Lucas of like, the he wrote a billion drafts of the original Star Wars and it was like nine hundred pages long, and then like when he parsed it out into what became a New Hope, it was like, I decided to change the POV to the robots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it really does wonders for the storytelling. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and R2-D2, I think, is in every Star Wars franchise, right? Because he's a, basically immortal. He's a robot. Right. Yeah, yeah he he's is. in every he, movie. R2 and 3PO are in all nine what they hastily named the Skywalker Saga movies. Mm-hmm. And they're also both in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, but not Solo. And they're, they appear in all the like other like animated shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they... Yeah. In fact, and they're, they're in the universe of Solo. They're just not in the. In yeah, the yeah, they yeah. exist at that point. Yeah. Okay. That's a. These are. This is a great list, and those are some great points. And let's take a break real fast. Yeah. Then we'll come okay. back and play a game, and then we'll sort of discuss a little more. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Let's go. Webster's Dictionary defines podcast as a domesticated, odd-toed, hoofed mammal with a great affinity for oats. That's a horse. Oh, right. But we are a podcast, and we're called Roommate Lovers. We do advice questions such as, why is my roommate using my toothbrush? How do I flirt without being creepy? Why are you using my toothbrush? I told you, I just couldn't find mine that Gross. day. We live together and are together, which is why we call the show Roommate Lovers. We're roommate and sl- lover. We're ro- we're roommates and lovers. Well said. Gross. Find new episodes of Roommate Lovers on Mondays wherever you podcast. Now that's a podcast of a different color. You mean horse? Uh, y- yes, of course. <laughs> and we're boldly going where no one has gone before. <laughs> we're back, everyone. <laughs> so I got the game this week, and it's a classic how Star Wars is it uh, set up. So a game we play a lot on this show, Jess, is... A game that is sort of just um, lovingly referred to as real or fake, which essentially is I will read some things and you guys have to guess if they are real or if I made them up. (laughs) So this week we are looking at the wackiest, weirdest episode synopsises uh, from various Star Trek series. Man, this is going to be impossible. Okay. (laughs) Because okay. I don't know, e- I feel pretty confident as long as there's no enterprise questions. Yeah, even we'll just see. from the sample size that I took from from your list and from the little bit of Next Generation I've seen, it seems as though whenever they want, they can just play dress up and do a make believe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's why. why I thought- <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say that's why I included the new Strange New Worlds Elysian Kingdom. Yeah, because it gives you a sense of you know they they call them like. The hollow deck episodes, right. like yes. the hollow suite episodes, where they're just like, yeah, we just like had a big costume budget left, so yeah, yeah, now they're mm-hmm. all in Sherlock Forest and like the yes. the Hatfields and McCoys of the yeah. um, original series, like exactly. I Spectre was like, of the oh, I see. Yeah. So this is like a 
concept episode. <laughs> yep. A lot of them. Okay. There's a lot of them. So um, let's just get started because I, right. I thought that this would be a good structure for this game because of exactly what you guys just said. Yeah, yeah. Like there are some wacky premises in Star Trek episodes. So to start, in an, ex in an excuse for the effects team to just go crazy, uh, the pilot... <laughs> Par this is in Voyager, by the way. The pilot Paris turns into a lizard and kidnaps Captain Janeway, who also turns into a lizard, and then they make lizard babies before turning back into normal people. <laughs> is this head-to-head, -head or do I buzz in? How does oh, it yeah, work? sorry. We're going to start. We'll say Jess gets to go first, and then Mike, you can steal if Jess gets it wrong. Okay. And by, I'm just saying real saying, or fake? Yeah. yeah. You're, okay. you're saying real saying or fake. saying the other option. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um... I think this is fake. Do you want to know what part I think is fake or is fake enough? Tell me what part you think is fake. Uh, the, I think that the episode where they devolve into lizards is actually a Next Generation episode mm. of de-evolution. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So that might show up later in the list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I'm very, I'm very proud of you for getting that. Um, but there this actually is uh an episode they make babies oh sorry i let i let i have to let mike buzz in mike okay. do you want to do you want to steal yeah i think it is <laughs> you think it's real <laughs> yeah okay yeah this is from the uh episode called threshold from voyager oh thresholds yeah okay um okay yeah they apparently create lizard babies before they are wow. turned back into humans what happens to the babies? Do they ever talk about them? I, I don't, don't remember know. these babies at all. I don't know. Are they I... human souls and minds trapped in lizards? <laughs> I gotta find out some stuff about Thresholds. I'm gonna watch the next episode after Thresholds after yeah, this. See, I, see I am, what happens. Um, by the way, my strategy for this game is just going to say everything is true because this is a wacky, <laughs> zany world and there's a billion episodes. <laughs> yeah, probably a safe bet. <laughs> all right. Mike, you get, get to go first this time. <laughs> In an excuse for the effects team to just go crazy, <laughs> in Next Generation, the entire crew begins de-evolving, <laughs> turning into a giant spider, an amphibian, a proto-Klingon, and an early humanoid. I think it's real. You are correct. Yeah. That is from the uh, episode uh, called Genesis of Genesis. Next Generation. Yes. Curse my Man. need to provide detail. That's another <laughs> thing that's like really kind of romantic about like television before this like golden age of television that we're in is like you had an order to fill of like 22 to 25 episodes and that came with like mm -hmm. a single lump sum budget for the season. <laughs> so like there's there yes. might just be an episode like inside of a bedroom the whole time. <laughs> yeah. The bottle yep, yep, episode, yep. the clips exactly. episode. Yes, yeah, the clips episode. Does Star Trek have the clips, clip, clip yes. episodes? They definitely yes. have some. I would say less than other shows, maybe. Yeah. But I'm sure I've seen one. One, one <laughs> might show up on this list. <laughs> Man, we are just <laughs> guessing all of them. Yeah. In an excuse <laughs> for the effects team to go crazy, in Star Trek Discovery... Mm -hmm. 
Interfering with the mycelial network causes several crew members to hyper-evolve into pure consciousness, and shenanigans ensue as they try to get their bodies back. Okay, I know that this is... I think I think that this is true. I think this is true. I right. hate that I know it, because I really don't like discovery. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be true, but I made it up. So if it is true, I that would be impressive. I think there's an evolution one where they... They interfere with the mycelial network and they all evolve into stuff. Maybe it's just the little That might redhead. be true because I watched I watched parts of Discovery and so I might have just remembered that and thought that I made it up. We we played a Let similar game to this Google. when we covered Taco Bell and I quizzed Josiah on crazy Taco Bell recipes if he thought they were real or not. And then anytime I made one up, I was like, you know, now that I say it, I should probably look up that this doesn't in fact exist because they've done a billion crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not immediately finding uh, like something quickly about it. So yeah, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe, Maybe not. not. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'm just happy to it. take the L on well, that one. Well, in my, All I, right, I know there's one where the little redhead gets turned into something else. Okay, <laughs> I only watched like the first two seasons of Discovery, so yeah. it's entirely possible this has happened. That I just that I remembered it and thought that in, I made it up. I hate watched Discovery and Picard in a blind rage, so a lot of yeah. the details are fuzzy for me. I didn't watch Picard, um, but I watched most of Discovery, or like the first two seasons of Discovery. I cannot, uh, in good conscience, recommend you watch Picard. Okay, and I'll tell you why after the game if you want. The thing is, the thing that's funny is my parents love Star Trek and my parents also just like kind of consume media um, sort of regardless of if it's good or bad. Like there's not much like critical analysis that goes into their consumption of media. Like they'll just watch anything. And so they just love Star Trek no matter what it is. So it's just like they'll watch Discovery. They watch Picard. They're watching Strange New Worlds. Like it doesn't matter what it is. They're going to watch it. Right. And so when I was home, um, I was with them at home during the pandemic. And so I watched a lot of Star Trek and we rewatched Enterprise um, it, much. And then we wa were watching Discovery as it was coming out and everything. So like I saw a lot of Star Trek that I just wouldn't have watched otherwise because they just watch it all. It's so wholesome. What a wholesome <laughs> family activity. They're outside of Next Generation. There's very few sexy episodes that would be awkward to walk with your, watch with your parents. True, 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 true. Which we'll get into some sexy stuff in a little bit. But anyway. By the way, my attempt to steal it, there would have also been, I think that's true. So I don't get that point. <laughs> okay, you don't get that point. In Deep Space Nine, the senior crew gets placed into a, labyrinth, a lab labyrinth by a godlike being playing a board game for their fate in which they have to solve multiple puzzles to escape. I mean, I gotta guess true. That's my, that's how I'm playing this game. Yeah, you're right. It is true. That is it is Deep Space Nine move along home. Wow. Well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's well, no, I'm not gonna say anything ab else about other episodes we haven't discussed in case they come yeah, up in this they might show yeah. up In the next generation, this is for you, Jess. Okay. Q pits the senior crew against each other in a real life game of chess, with each officer corresponding to a chess piece on the board and only getting to move in certain configurations. That does you've watched sound like something Q would do. <laughs> Absolutely the kind of high-minded I even know concept. who Q is, because yeah, that's he's in the, the beginning. pilot. Yeah. yeah. Um, good news, he comes back regularly. He comes <laughs> they back. They're like, we like you, keep coming back on set. Yeah. I am gonna, I'm gonna keep with my trend of saying that's false <laughs> and being, I assume, wrong. You're correct, that one I made up. <laughs> oh. 
You did it. Man, that would be so funny watching like real people have to move in certain ways. (laughs) (laughs) There there are so many crazy Q episodes that I would not have been surprised to hear that that was one of them. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. In the original series, Mike, this is for you, Spock's brain is stolen and McCoy and Kirk have 24 hours to return it to its rightful place. Succeeding when McCoy wears a helmet that bestows all the knowledge of the civilization that took Spock's brain on the wearer, teaching him how to fix Spock. Uh, gotta stay true. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> 24 hours? Yeah, they have one day That's to find so Spock's brain. That's so be without a brain. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's from the original series episode called Spock's Brain. Wow. Oh and is he just like this the whole time? I think he's just wait what's great is uh he apparently gets to roam around in like a remote controlled brainless spock body like he still gets to walk around and stuff being remote controlled what that is wild so they were already doing crazy stuff in their original series okay Jess, this is for you, which, right. which is good because you haven't watched this series, so mm-hmm. we'll see if you know oh, it or no. not. All right. In an exceptionally horny episode, uh, <laughs> Vulcan, Paul, and Engineer Trip lose their memories, fall in love, and decide to get married on a planet where love and marriage is illegal. I am going to say that's true because one thing Star Trek loves to do is reuse plots from older series that came out earlier. And that's one I've seen in a couple of other Star Treks. <laughs> so I'm going to say true. It's fun. Ah, I should have gone with my gut. But they do have a, a very will they, won't they, like weird falling in love thing that happens just in general, but um, not that quickly in one episode. It's like right. poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. Exactly. And honestly, once again, I'm saying I'm making these up. These all very well could be real. <laughs> Absolutely. These are great spec scripts. Just like, you should yeah. just put this in your portfolio. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to pitch these yeah. to... The to chess this. one, for sure. <laughs> like, 100%. I'm going to pitch these to Paramount. I would watch that. Okay, <laughs> Mike, this is for you. In an, in an exceptionally horny episode, Beverly Crusher, Dr. Beverly Crusher, meets the ghost that was in love with her grandmother, who reveals that he is now in love with her. She decides to stay with him, only to discover that he's actually an alien. I, well, I mean, I gotta say true because that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so true. true. I almost <laughs> sent that one as one of the episodes because it's so insane. <laughs> this, I, that is Next Generation episode Sub Rosa. This is leading me to a point that I wanted to make when we were talking about comparisons, and we'll still do a little bit of that before the end of the episode. But in just again, the little I have seen, Star Trek is decidedly. <laughs> A million percent hornier than Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, 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 yeah. In that they acknowledge physical bodies. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars is just like smooth Ken dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Star Wars is like, Natalie Portman, I'm so in love with you. Please stay on the other side of the field, though. We don't need to be any closer yeah, than this. Totally. We can't touch. We can't In fact, touch. when Padme tells Anakin, like, I have great news, I'm pregnant, he his face shows like six different emotions over the course of like ten seconds. And I I want to say the first expression is, how's that work? How's that possible? My mom died. No one ever explained that to me. We've been yeah. fully clothed the whole time. <laughs> this whole time. Yeah, in heavy robes and dresses. It's so yes. draped with yeah. fabric. Yeah. Yeah. Brocade. <laughs> All right. 
All right, Next, there's another more. Okay, good. There's there's more. We've got like we're like halfway through. So Amazing. Maybe, oh, I'll, so I'll, I'll speed them up a little bit. I totally have a chance here. Yeah. 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 You do. In an exceptionally horny episode, <laughs> the transporter causes a Freaky Friday situation in which the bodies of number one Chakotay and seven of nine are swapped, leading to some strangely sexual shenanigans. I do. Hmm, I think I do think there's a transporter body swap in Voyager, but I don't think. It's those two. So I'm going to say false. You're correct. I made that one up. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, it's absolutely possible that there is a transporter body swap, but it's not those two. I just made that up. Also, Seven of Nine, they did a really good thing with her because she's so hot, Jerry Ryan. She's so hot. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they just never really sexualized her at all. I mean, she's in yeah. that outfit. But like, right, the outfit itself is The objectively tight, right? out, hot outfit. Um, they don't have a lot of things where people are like, Ooh, you want to go on a date seven of nine? Like she's just, her big struggle is how can I not kill everyone? Which is yeah, what yeah. I really want to do, but I yeah. know I shouldn't. Is, yeah, is yeah, she yeah. also in Next Generation? No. So she is um, in Voyager only, and then she is in Picard. Yeah. Again, I just don't think anyone should watch Picard, I, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we will. So I, right. I am. That's another one that I'm just sort of like osmosis wise. I'm aware of a character called Seven of Nine who's crazy hot, and that's like th- literally the top of my understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all. That's like yeah. That's like the baseline of it. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. In the next generation, in an exceptionally horny episode, <laughs> the transporter causes some of the crew to revert in age back to children, causing shenanigans, serious, lighthearted, and troubling because of the horniness to ensue. <laughs> Um, I gotta say true. You're right. That's true. <laughs> uh, I tried to keep my face so still for that one. Because I really feel like that... I gave away the ghost one. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That one's yeah. from The Next Generation. The episode title is Rascals. Uh, little Rascals. Man. Also, the boy yeah. who does young Picard in that episode. Mwah. Perfect. Nails it. Is he bald? He has very short hair. Oh, okay. I don't, he's not bald, but he has very short hair. Got it. In an excuse for Patrick Stewart to get to do Shakespeare, he does a bunch of sonnets while pretending to be in love with Dr. Crusher's mother to get a Ferengi kidnapper to return her. Jess, that's for you. Uh, that would be false. I don't think we ever meet Crusher's mother. <sighs> oh, wait. Hold on. Maybe I, maybe I got this wrong. Because it is... Is it Deanna Troy's mother? Luwaxana Troy? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Deanna Troy's okay, mother. That sorry. is true. Yes. That <laughs> yes, is true. true. You I... got it. I wrote down the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm obsessed with Lwaxana Troy. We will definitely talk about her. That's the person who can kind of read people's emotions. Yeah, she, um, in the episode I sent you, she catches Odo in her skirt um, when they're trapped in the elevator. Yes, 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 yes. So she's a character that's in Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Got it, okay. And she's Deanna Troy's mom. She's great. Yes, okay. I, because one of the other episodes showed her in Next Generation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this woman seems like the same woman, and and it's because it was. We're gonna have a whole conversation about her, both the actress and the character, because I am obsessed. Yeah, that's from Menage a Troy in uh, Next Generation. All right, just a few more. In yet another glitching holodeck episode, Wolf and oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I skipped one. And an excuse for Patrick Stewart to do Shakespeare, there's a holodeck episode where they have to act out the plot of Macbeth to escape the glitching holodeck, starring Picard as Macbeth. I gotta say true. That one's false, but they do let him do Shakespeare a lot, though. That's hilarious. Yeah. And often in the holodeck. 
And often in the holodeck. <laughs> like there was one, I remember specifically there's one where they have Patrick Stewart in heavy makeup at doing like something from King Henry, uh, one of the King Henrys, where he is like just a character in the holodeck, but it's just Patrick Stewart in heavy makeup. It's great. And yet another glitching holodeck episode, Worf and Troy get stuck in, the, in there as it malfunctions and causes every character to look like Data, including a saloon girl who falls for Worf. Ooh, I think this one's true. You're correct. It is true. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, it's a really great visual to see uh, um, Data fall into Worf's arms at the end. It's it's so fun that they let him. Every once in a while, they'll have an episode where they're like, "This is is Data, but it's it's a holodeck character," or "This is Data, but it's his evil twin." Uh-huh. Yeah. They let him actually act instead of just his stony yes. Data face. Yeah, and it's really fun. Yeah, That's the from little a I've seen of when he's not stony is like the there is he's his fingers are stuck in a finger trap in one <laughs> yes. and then in uh in that one where they all get drunk he somehow also does yeah. and uh like goes to like lean on someone who's not there anymore and then just falls <laughs> yeah great he's a great so, great physical comedian yeah mike this one's for you data has a new dream program which creates strange imagery including Riker with a straw in his head Jordy with a mouth on his neck and troy as a sentient sheet cake <laughs> um now who's troy that's the girl who can kind of the woman who can kind of read oh, people's oh, emotions. oh that's her name got it okay yeah i'd never really caught it um I mean, I gotta guess that it's true. That's my... It's true. That's the way I'm Worf, playing. Worf eats her, her body. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. when they're trying to ship Troy and Worf. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of the TNG universe. <laughs> Just a few more. Uh, Jess, this is for you. In a meta twist, a rogue ensign downloads the consciousness of his coworkers and puts them in the holodeck where he reigns supreme as the captain, only to be found out when the program shipmates become self-aware. I'm trying. Mm, no, I think that's a. I think this is false. There is an episode, and a couple of episodes where there's. I think a lieutenant in engineering who is having like social anxiety, and he creates holodeck characters of like all the hot babes on Star Trek for him to <laughs> make out with. But I don't think he's an ensign, and I don't think he plays the captain. So I'm going to say false. You're correct. That is actually the plot of the the really good Black Mirror episode. That's essentially a Star Trek oh, episode. Right. Oh, nice. The USS Callister. A hundred percent stole that from Next Generation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a great episode. Of the, I I haven't seen any Black Mirror except for that episode because I heard it was a really good episode of Star Trek. Yeah. And it is a really good episode of Star Trek. Ooh. All right. In a meta twist, a childlike race of aliens find Picard and tell him they have received the historical transmissions. TV episodes of his adventures and need his help in saving their planet. Mike, that's for you. Um, I'm gonna say false. That's Galaxy Quest. You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> also, a great Star Trek movie. Galaxy <laughs> totally. Quest. It is better really than good. many Star Trek movies. <laughs> yeah, really good Star Trek movie. Lastly, for you, Jess, this is the last one. In a meta twist, footage from the original pilot of the original series is used, and basically Kirk just watches an episode of his own TV show as a vision given to him during an alien court-martial. Ooh, I haven't seen as much original series in this decade of my life. I'm gonna say false. That is actually true. Ah, That is when we are introduced to uh, Captain Pike. Yeah. Because the original series pilot was shot with a different character with Captain Pike, who we yeah. meet in 
Discovery, and then who's in Strange New Worlds? Because yeah. it's like the same timeline. Um, I've actually seen the pilot of the original series, but it was years ago, and I remember being like, "Who the fuck is this?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not Kirk. It's not Kirk. How funny. Anyways, I, I was gonna also say false to that because I thought you were doing Spaceballs when they like watch <laughs> the movie on the ship. <laughs> You're not entirely wrong. That was real or fake, everybody. Wow, that was great. <laughs> Josiah, who won? I need to know. I think you won, Jess. No way. I was so far behind. That's amazing. I'm going to say you won because you're the guest, Aww. and I didn't actually keep track. It, it, so yeah, I didn't either. And also, specificity and certainty, I think, ought to win over guessing it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, the, certainty I can handle. The, <laughs> the like, wackiness that is that you know sort of gave me the idea of saying these are all true is something that star wars fans would wholly reject out of hand yeah totally there, people aren't even happy with like the silliness that's been happening in recent episodes mm -hmm. because it's not the right kind of silliness you know yeah. like if if there was a if there was an episode of the Mandalorian where like grogu went into a simulation and learned to fly people would be like no no, no, I'm done. This is not Star Wars. But you've brought up a good point, which is, I think, another similarity between Star Trek and Star Wars. They both have a large fan base who knows yes. a lot about it and yeah. is very precious about what is and is not Star Trek and Star Wars. Totally. That's so true. Yeah. Totally. That's so true. Much yeah. like much like we were talking about with like how the, the Star Trek, the recent Star Trek movies didn't feel entirely Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming how you feel about Discovery and Picard. So it is absolutely how I feel about Discovery. Uh, I think it's a bad show that shouldn't be called Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And I hate sure. to say that because obviously there's a great cast involved and I love how much money they gave them, but it's yeah. just not Star Trek-y. Is My this the recent one that has like Tig on it? Tig is yes. the best part of that show. Okay, cool. Really great. Yeah, she's so, so good. My complaint with Picard is entirely different. Here's my complaint with Picard. First of all, it's badly written. Second of all, <laughs> it's not utopian. But thirdly, and most importantly, there's an episode of Picard where Seven of Nine has come on the show, and the premise of the episode is there's these bounty hunters, and their whole thing is they're obsessed with people who used to be Borgs. So they right. want to capture Seven of Nine. Um, and also, by the way, Jean-Luc Picard, who famously used to yeah. be a Borg, you speak like, Borg, yeah, led yeah. the Borg armies against Earth. That's coming up, by the way, Mike. Spoiler. Yeah, video. no, I I um, have seen images of that and been like, yeah. okay, this looks cool. It came out twenty years ago, so I don't feel bad spoiling it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 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 it's okay. So in this episode of Picard, they're like, we're gonna go on a. It's a heist episode. We're all gonna get in costume. Uh, Seven of Nine, John Luke Picard, like the whole crew. We're gonna go run a heist on these bounty hunters and trick them and get uh, all their stuff. What will everyone's costumes be? Oh, one guy's gonna be like a uh, cool uh, hep cat in space. Everybody's got a different thing. What is Jean-Luc Picard's costume? Oh, he's going as a French man. <laughs> Sincerely, that's, that's his whole costume. He has an eye patch and he's like, this is my accent that I'm doing because because I'm French and I have a cigarette. Whoa. No one will no. recognize me. Famous <laughs> previous Borg Jean-Luc Picard, who is yeah. French. It made me so mad. 
That's like that's <laughs> how mad I I'm about to start crying about how mad I am. About that's it. like in an attempt to keep the Skywalker children safe, they put Luke with his known aunt and uncle and give him the name Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it makes me feel insulted as a viewer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it made me so mad. So then I can't watch Picard anymore. <laughs> like, you know, this is mad. This sounds very Star Wars to me in that it seems like the streaming era grab for nostalgia bucks. And that like is basically everything post 2013 when Disney bought Lucasfilm. Like the, the premise of the force awakens is like, let's do that Star Wars movie again and have the people be in it again. Yeah. Same and like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. basically the premise of the Obi-Wan series that came out. It's like, hey, people like the prequels again now. Uh, that- just do those again. <laughs> just do more. Yeah. Just do more of it. I will yeah. say, do more of it I'm actually in favor of because I love Strange New Worlds. That's my all-time number two Star Trek. Oh, really? I need to watch that. I am. The, it comes out of the gate so good. Like, mm. usually Star Trek, and you'll see this if you get to Deep Space Nine, Mike. Ooh, there's some rough first seasons as the cast is trying to figure it out yeah the cast the writers like it's it just takes them a while to hit their stride yeah yeah and you could do that back then you know there were six networks at the time yeah so earlier star trek some of it's not so good but strange new worlds comes out of the gate good the first episode is one of the best star trek episodes i've ever seen wow i can't recommend it enough that's awesome cool Um, i love that cast too like i'm really is that the one that rebecca romaine is in yeah, because yeah. she plays. Okay, so now we're bringing it all back to Loxana Troy. The actress who plays Loxana Troy, Gene Roddenberry cast her as number one in the pilot episode of Star Trek. And then uh, the network said she was going to be the Spock. Yeah. And the network said no one's going to believe that a woman could like be the number two person <laughs> on the ship. Oh, um, God. And so. They recast her. They got Spock. Then we all got Spock. Hooray for us. Mm-hmm. But um, Gene Roddenberry was like, well, I'm obsessed with this actress. So let's have her be the nurse on the ship. And mm. he gave her this other job. And then he left his wife for her. Okay, that person. Wow. Was but he stayed married to her for the rest of their lives. Like, it was true love. You can't be mad if it's true love. You and know? this is the one who, in that one episode, the guy is from a civilization where they all kill themselves at 60, like in Major midsummer. Barrett. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, Major Barry, she plays Loxana Troy in uh, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. She plays the nurse in original series. She plays the voice of the computer in all of the Star Treks. Like, Gene was like, give my wife work. Yes. <laughs> let's keep her working. Yeah. I like to hang out with my wife. It's nice. Um, yeah, that's incredible. So, that's amazing. Yeah, she's she's my favorite. I'm obsessed with her. Um, and you know, Lucille Ball was a big producer and a big reason why right. Star Trek got produced at all. So um, there's a lot of cool, strong women involved in Star Trek. And absolutely, I feel like Star Wars is leaning that way now. And obviously, like we had Princess Leia um, right. in the original movies, but that is maybe a differentiator between yes. the two. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I think Star Trek, so, like socially, Star Trek has more to say and has maybe done, like, 
had more to say and done more for the world <laughs> in a way than Star Wars has because yeah. Star Wars doesn't always have as much to say as opposed to like Star Wars is like basically just being like fascism is bad which is like yeah yeah we're all on take. the same page yeah yeah spicy take there Star Wars we're all on the same page here yeah. like good versus evil evil's bad yeah. and then Star Trek is like more nuanced <clears throat> and has more like social things to say yeah and yeah. has more social cachet behind it like moving it in the right direction because when you're portraying ut- utopia you are like having to push these progressive like ideas mm-hmm. in your show which is really cool it is and it just comes for, again from that different background like star wars is the is the western it's a simple dichotomy kind of story and flash gordon yeah star yeah. trek is is coming from a more philosophical background i don't think one's better than the other they're just different media you know yeah, yeah totally yeah the 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 thing you said a second ago about like there was princess leia and then Frankly, the prequels kind of underserve women as well because it's really just Padme. Um, And then nowadays we're seeing more and more. But like there was like a a, like girls doll line with an accompanying like animated. I I don't even know if it was a show. I think it was like a web show. They were like web shorts. Called like, what was it called? It was like, it wasn't as like derivative as like, her galaxy or something but it was like power girls of star wars and the main ones none of them are from like the same timeline not that that's like critical but it's like (laughs) star wars doing a thing aimed at girls is like shit who do we have (laughs) star wars forces of destiny forces of destiny that's right oh fun Well, they kind of, they were gonna like, oh, we don't have any movies that pass the Bechdel test. Okay, yes. let's get them all together yeah. in one room. We'll figure it totally. out. Totally. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Absolutely. I did think of one other differentiator, which is gonna you know knock the score down on how Star Wars is it. But there's been an improvised Star Trek. Oh yes. At least one. Has there been an improvised Star Wars? I don't think I, so. So there is a May the Fourth improv star wars thing happening at io this year the reason i know that is i saw it on instagram and then i got pissed about it because i was like why wasn't i asked to do that (laughs) yeah but we were asked to do a may the fourth thing and we will be doing it we're doing we're hosting trivia at uh redline vr with um our friends counterfeit combat nice this may this may this may have already happened when this episode oh yes that's that is well, if this comes out the first week of May and you don't have May the 4th plans, you should come, come to trivia. Out to Redline <laughs> yeah. VR for trivia. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yeah, I'm just I'm uh it it really is funny how from an outside perspective of say someone who their big thing they like to do is read books. They'd be like, "Ah, yes, Star Wars and Star Trek, those are the same." But yeah. like from inside of them, they could not be more different. <laughs> yeah, they're very different. It really is crazy. Yeah. And I think they're so different from each other. But when you look at the world of everything that has ever existed, they're very close together. Totally. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally, totally. It's like that we we recently <laughs> we recently did an episode on Infinity. Just mm-hmm. the yeah. concept. The concept of infinity. And um, I, we, we watched this documentary about it, and uh, they, they make a whole point to say, they talk about the speed of light and how the speed nothing can go faster than the speed of light, leaving Star Wars and Star Trek out of it, um, and that a single particle traveling the speed of light can circle the Earth eight times in a second, but mm-hmm. 
if it is traveling at that same speed away from Earth, it takes like what, like decades to reach the next Star. solar system? Yeah. So yeah. like compared to infinity, the speed of light is slow. And compared to a standstill, the speed of light is fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels yeah. like this. Compared to yes. everything, these it's two all... things like are right next to each other in the in the library. Yeah. What's the scale? Right? You yeah. Got this yeah. one yeah. ten yeah. scale. But what's at each end? We know well, here's... we know ten. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I don't think we've ever given anything like a zero. But, no, we um, haven't, because everything's a little bit Star Wars. Everything's a little bit Star Wars. Um, the thing that is, will be interesting when it plays into our scores here is we say we boil all things Star Wars down into a chili, and mm. we here today are doing the same with Star Trek. We aren't yeah. saying how Star Wars is Picard or how Star Wars is the original series. Like all of it boiled down and all of Star Wars boiled down. Like right off the bat, that's a point or two because we are comparing two large franchises as concepts to one another. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, well, I think we should move towards giving him a rating. Yeah. Uh, unless there's any other stray thoughts that we have before we iconic ships, yeah, iconic mm-hmm. music, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the they don't call them blasters; they call them phasers, but they do the same thing. Yeah, they're laser yeah. guns. Yeah, yeah, they're laser stun guns. and kill. Mm-hmm. Um, now the Star Trek, I feel like, is more TV series, and 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 yes, uh, Star Wars is more movies. But then they both also have, have the mo- other. Have the yeah. other. Right. Star Trek is a TV show that has movies, and Star Wars is movies that have TV shows. Right. Yeah. Totally. Is, exactly. Is um is there like an expanded media like games or um comic books? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And books and books like novels. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 They I mean, as like, well. so, so They're often very we'll similar. say, like, if something is a movie, it's automatically like a three or four because it has a narrative. But, like, this feels like it's starting at, like, a six or seven because it yeah, is, like, totally. a media empire. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're very similar in that way. I'm just trying to think if there's any other stray things. Like the the hard morality, good versus evil, is not as present, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. The Bechdel test of it all. Mm-hmm. But it spans generations and decades. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm well, so, I'm ready to try to throw a number at it. I got right, it. I got it. a number in mind. Okay. All right, great. So, so Jess, we we pick a unit of measure. Okay. So you can be whatever you want, the the unit, Mm -hmm. uh, and then the number will be, you know, obviously whatever you want as well. So I think my my unit is going to be uh, holodeck episodes, (laughs) and I think I'm go ahead and give me your unit, Mike. Um, Well, I think my unit of measure is going to be is this thing called a tricorder? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. That. (laughs) Oh, nice. Um, I am going to say my unit is celestial bodies because Ooh, we're comparing two stars. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think I'm going to give it a just solid right down the middle five. Interesting. Because I feel like it is Star Warsy in a lot of ways mm-hmm. in, in the big picture, mm-hmm. but then in the minutiae, they're very different. Yeah. So that's why it's going to be right down the middle for me. Okay. Mike, do you want to go next? Sure, I, I, I. It can be higher, Mike. It can be higher. Yeah, if you want. it's gonna be. So, like the the 
the lowest any Star Wars movie got, which is just crazy to think that there are some that aren't eights or nines or tens, but was I think like a seven or a high seven, like 7.9 or something like that. Yeah, it was like a 7.9 or something. Because these are two like giant things that are star followed by a a four-letter word that there's fandom that, you know, like they they are such like big umbrellas i i think the differences in the delivery and the ethos is the only thing that's like kind of counting against it like from the broad umbrella scale so i'm gonna say seven tri quarters Ooh, okay <laughs> um i'm gonna go i'm the highest score but that makes sense i came in with obviously a clear agenda <laughs> and yeah. a bullet point list. Uh-huh. I think it's an eight. I think they're wow. like brothers. Yes. They're different, but yes. you can tell those are two are related. That is such a good way of putting it. Yeah. Like, I love that. Like, they get along with one another in the sandbox, but one of them, like, got really into school and the other one got really into sports. <laughs> yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. One's, yeah. Star one's Wars. married to blonde, one's married to brunette, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're still related. But they're they cordial at home. Christmas. Yeah, they still <laughs> yeah. go home to the same house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it, That's folks. Great. We did it. We rated Star Trek. Um, vastly different ratings, which doesn't normally happen. Yeah, normally that's, exciting. That's, exciting. <laughs> that's exciting. That's exciting. Usually at the happen. very end, we both go, uh, uh, we didn't do our job very well. I don't know, a three? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were this very time thorough we, this time. We were. We were very thorough. Yeah, rigorous. Uh, well, let's see. Let's do some rest wrap up, and then we can talk about Hitch Cocktails a little bit more. So okay. uh, do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you can find us at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can email us at a good podcast at gmail.com, because that's what this is. <laughs> a um, good podcast. A good podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, Mike, do you want to tell about the Patreon real yeah, fast? Yeah, we also have a weekly bonus episode we do over on patreon.com slash howstarwarsisit, and you can get all... At this point, we're approaching our 100th bonus episode, plus yes, like another couple dozen longer form things like RPGs, film commentaries, etc. And that's all available on Patreon for $5 a month. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a great a deal. at twice the price. Yeah. And Jess, do you want to talk about Hitch Cocktails and what's happening? Yeah, so Hitch Cocktails is an, believe it or not, improv show. (laughs) Um, I know. And it has been going for 10 years. That's a crazy amount of time for an improv show to be going on. It's true. Now, I'm not totally sure how we're counting the pandemic years. I'm not part of that committee. But we have our 10-year anniversary coming (laughs) up in May in Chicago, May 19th and 20th. We normally do one show on Fridays. On May 19th, Friday, we are doing a 7.30 p.m. and a 10 p.m. show. Wow. And it's a drinking show, Hitchcock Tales. That's so right. the 10 p.m. show is going to be pretty loose. <laughs> yes. Um, we are also having on May 19th a midnight dance party at the Annoyance. This is all at the Annoyance Theater. In the Great. small theater, we're having a midnight dance party um for fans of hitch cocktails and also the cast and on saturday may 20th we're having a basement gala with a special bar and special cocktails in the basement of the annoyance that is awesome it's gonna be very fun themed dress up it's a whole thing themed hitchcock themed hitchcock themed the email thread where we're pitching drinks for that bar is very fun to be a part of (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah. And then we're also having some genre-based improv workshops. If you are interested in genre-based narrative long-form improv, we're going to be teaching how to do that. And then we have a 10 p.m. show rounding things out on Saturday, May 20th, all wow. at the Annoyance Theater. That rules. Very that cool. sounds so fun. Yeah. That's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm I'm very excited. We should go to that. Mike. Yeah, I know. I I need to like look at what I'm doing that weekend because I kind of want to come to all of it. <laughs> yeah, I know, me you too. absolutely should. And even if you just come to the bar, you know, the Annoyance has a great bar. You're gonna have a good time. Totally. If you come by that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I uh I know for a fact that past guest of the show and director of the Matrix musical that I was in, CJ Tour, can really dance. Yeah, <laughs> he like we went out like to like a like a dance club some night during the production of that show. It might have been like our rap party, and man, he freaking moves. <laughs> okay, so Mike, That's I incredible. didn't realize you were in the Matrix musical. I've seen the Matrix musical, so I have met you before I met you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was um, Cipher. Oh, the, yeah. the Judas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. And and that also like so so Hitch has a number of past guests, which I think Josiah you already mentioned, but like um, Bree's Bree, been on, mm-hmm. CJ, CJ, and you're having yeah. Peter, I think, too, at some point. And yeah, Peter's going to be on next week. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, if you're local to Chicago, or if you're not, yeah, you should come. Just fly into town. Two airports. Fly into Chicago. (laughs) That's right. We're lousy with airports. Yeah, we got. If you got like a private little prop plane, we've got one of those too. Yeah, it's actually closer than O'Hare. So get in here. Yeah, come to the Annoyance May nineteenth and twentieth. Come see some fun genre-based improv with its cocktails. That rules. Excellent. That rules. That's really exciting. All right. Well, uh, come see those shows, and that's everything. So. Sandwiches to Star Wars. It's about time for Tubby Bye Bye, which is what we always say at the end of the show, Jess. I can't wait to see it in unison with you as you always do at the end of every episode. Yes. Yes. Uh, Like we always say, we we love love you. you, And may the Lord Lord be with you. you. (laughs) Yay! You said the thing that we said. That's awesome. (laughs)